If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. At Horse Chats today, we welcome back Christoph Hess, who's a regular chatter on Horse Chats. Christoph, how are you today? Yeah, thank you very much indeed. I'm okay. It's very early in Germany. The sun is shining. We have summer, and I know you have winter in uh, Brisbane, in Australia. Uh, but I think uh, the situation in the Ukraine is terrible. And um, when we had our last chat, I never could think and imagine that we will get yeah, a kind of a second world war. And if we are looking into the whole world, I think we have more or less a three, the third world war. And I don't know what um, we will have in the future, the energy, uh, price is growing and the Russians are conquering more and more and the Baltic um, states are maybe the next parts in their uh, strategy to get it. I think the situation is um, very, very bad. And in my generation, um, to be honest, we hadn't had a situation like this. And when I think uh, we're always talking about covid for me, COVID is very, very small. Uh, when I see this, this is for me a much, 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 much bigger challenge problem for all of us. Uh, more here in this hemisphere where I'm living, but I think till down under as well in the beautiful part of um, Australia and New Zealand. So therefore, I think the situation is very depressing, but I hope when we discuss what we are discussing today, we get new inspiration and we love horses. And I hope this will give us a positive situation It's well for me as well. Um, but I know that the political situation is very, very serious. Yes, yes, I agree. And um, it's certainly something that affects the whole world. And um, with COVID, we were sort of rushing, but, but this is something that is human nature, isn't it? It's us people that yeah, yeah. that are continuing yeah, yeah. this. Whereas when it was COVID, it was something a little bit unknown. This is something that could be stopped tomorrow if the right people made up their mind. Yeah. Yeah, but we see that humans have uh, in their character good sides, but oh, this is a very bad side. Mm. And mm. They, they are lying. They say we don't uh, start the war and they start the war. And and, and when, I, when they say we see red, they know that they see black. They are, it's always what they are saying is, is absolutely wrong. And therefore, it is not good to trust someone when he is saying or she is saying things which are wrong. And this since ages and uh, since a long time. And when you look back in the history, then you see they, they started the war in Chechenian. They started the war in Georgia, and then they conquered the, the Krim and the east part of Ukraine. It can't work. Mm, like, mm. And okay, okay. Now back to the to the positive things in the world. Well, I think that brings us back to the fact, Christoph, that how many people say, "Oh, I've just got to go for a ride. I've got a lot on my mind, and I've just got to go and see my horse. I've just got to have some time out with my horse." And it really is a very special connection that we yeah. have with horses. 
and that we're able to almost take away everything else and just work yes. on and focus on yeah. the connection. I think that's exactly. just so special. We're exactly. so lucky. Yep, yep. And you, could, you, you open your mind again mm. and you come back. Exactly. Back when you are in a little bit out of your own balance, yes. this is very good yes. to find your, your, your balance back again. Okay, let's start. Well, Christoph, today I'd like to talk about developing the trot. Now, if I said to you, Christoph, tell us about collected trot, extended trot, you know, you would tell us, but you wouldn't be able to tell us, at least as I understand, how to get there because it's about developing the trot. It's not just saying on a horse, well, you push this button and you get it. It's like, you know, on a computer you can say, you know, control, alt, whatever, you push that, then all of a sudden something happens. But with a horse, the horse has to understand what we want and takes time and it's developing the trot. So if we talk about developing the trot and we're working towards the collected and the extended trot. So are you okay to talk with that and, you know, how we... Ah, great. Okay. Great. Or maybe you want to talk a little bit more about why it's developing the trot or, you know, just anything to add to that. We don't just teach collected trot and extended trot. We develop the trot towards collected and extended. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about that? Ah, Glynis, I like your um, thinking. I like your questions. Oh, thank you. I like your... Ideas and um, first of all, I want to say the trot is a gate, the the pace which you can develop. Mm -hmm. Truly, we have uh, in the dressage arena, although in, in the classical dressage arena and the FEI competitions, we have walk, trot, and canter. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, walk is the result of good riding. The better the horse is trained in trot and canter, the better the walk will be. But the walk is limited. Um, I always say from Godfather, when the horse has a good uh, freedom in the shoulder, uh, then the horse has a good potential for covering ground and overtracking, things like this. But uh, when the horse is limited in the shoulder, as as an example, the sometimes uh, Lusitano horses and the Iberian horses and uh, Andalusian horses, they're a little bit limited, so therefore they, they don't have a huge walk. So the, the rider can sit backwards and forth and the right he can do what he wants the horse will have a limited walk in this looking from this point of view but you can get normally a horse if everything is good in rhythm good and relax the horse to a maximum maybe 6 6.5 this is possible in the walk when everything is good but the horse is limited so limitation and a little bit similar is it in Kenta as well Although uh, if the horses have a good canter, brilliant. But then if they don't have a true uh, possibility to produce a good canter stride, if the canter stride is not very much uphill, it's not so easy for the rider to develop the canter. It's possible, but uh, it is not so easy. Uh, important is in canter to maintain a clear three-beat rhythm, walk a clear four-beat rhythm, this is possible, but as a rider, you have a little bit more a kind of a limitation when you want uh, to develop it till uh, 10 in, into the direction of a 10.0. A good canter is necessary. The horse needs by nature a good canter. In trot, it is a little bit another situation. Trot is a two-beat rhythm, and we have a different tempi, as we say. We have the walk and work, um, working trot. Uh, are the basic, I would say, kind of a basic trot. We have the collection and trot. We have medium trot and we have the extension. 
And this is amazing. That's a trot. It's a gait. When the horse has a, a small, it's not necessary to have a brilliant potential. But if the horse has a little bit of kind of a potential for swinging, and if the horse has the potential to start to move into the direction of half steps, at the end of the day, piaf, and into the direction of passage, then it is amazing what you can do with the walk. There is a lot of prospect to get really good trot and you can develop a trot. And I had seen horses which couldn't trot when they have been three and four years of age. And when I saw them when they have been five, six, seven, eight years, I couldn't believe it how the rider or the different riders had changed the trot. And this is really amazing. And this is the potential the trot has. And therefore, from my point of view, trot is a gate with a lot of open space to open it when the rider knows how to do it. Mm, I think that's a big proviso, isn't it? It's when the rider yeah. knows how to do it. Yeah. So if we just... You know, thinking about tests now, we're thinking about tests as a rider, a trainer, a judge. Yeah. And in the early tests, there's a lot of working trot. But in in tests, it may say, show some lengthening in the trot, show some shortening in the trot. Can we talk about first the shortened trot? So how does the shortened trot in the earlier tests differ from the working trot? What are we looking for, you know, within a test? if the test says to show some shortening in the trot? Um, if I say my private opinion, to be honest, I don't love very much shortening, um, shortened trot. Okay. And I would explain why. I think when a rider has to start or wants to start to collect his horse in the trot, he never should think, oh, now I try to shorten the trot. Mm -hmm. He has to think, oh, what can I do to develop the impulsion? Because when we are looking from the uh, scale of training, the pyramid of training, we need, and this is very special when we want to develop the trot, we have to, this, to have this very clear in our mind. We need first a clear rhythm. In trot, it's a clear two-beat rhythm, always with a moment of suspension. So this is what we have to have in mind, uh, the, the rhythm. And the rhythm is close connected with the tempo. I can ride in a proper two-beat rhythm and trot, but too fast or too slow. So, and then we have next the suppleness, relaxation, then we have the connection, the contact. And now the fourth part is very important, which is the impulsion. And when we start to shorten the trot, I often have the feeling the riders only try to make the steps shorter and they forget to maintain the impulsion. Because, and then I look to the fifth part, which is a straightness, and then we have the collection. And when we want to shorten the steps into the direction of collection, we need impulsion and straightness, but we need impulsion. And this is very important to maintain the impulsion. And when we want to collect a horse and the rider thinking, oh, I only have to, to shorten the, the steps. This is from my point of view, looking into the rider's hat. This is 
a wrong idea to shorten, just make shorter steps. No, you have to develop at the end of the day uh, the impulsion and to bring the impulsion, which you have in a special way in the medium shot as an example, into the collection. And then I would say the shortened uh, steps is the beginning of collection. So therefore, I like more the idea to have a lower level of collection and not the idea, oh, yeah, now we start to shorten the steps. Yes. So, you know, I've seen people ride and think they're shortening and, and all the horse is doing is just doing a bit of a jog. There's no increase yeah. in energy or, yeah. What about a lengthened trot? Do you like the idea of showing some lengthening in the trot in the early tests? Ah, this is brilliant. Although in the German uh, national test, we have it uh, on, what we say, A level. Um, uh, this is a beginning level, especially for young horses and uh, often younger riders uh, use these tests as well. But now we're look, looking more from the horse's point of view. Young horses classes, lengthening the steps. We have three-year-old classes, four-year-old classes, five-year-old classes. They they only lengthen the steps, and this is important. Uh, not other not the, using the wording medium trot, but lengthening the steps, a longer moment of suspension. That is the goal. And um, uh, if you would say. In the very beginning, now the next long side or on on the diagonal medium trot, the rider would ask for too much and lengthening the steps. Looking from the psychologist and pedagogic point of view, it's it's clear that the rider is not over asking the horse. The goal is a longer moment of suspension with straightness, which is not easy for a young horse, and very important is that the hind legs are um, active from behind and coming enough under the center of gravity. This is what I think very important. And therefore, looking from this point of view, I love, um, love it to have a lengthened trot in the earlier tests, different from a working trot. I love it. All right. All right. So, well, that was another question that I had for you is – you know, and I know that you've sort of already answered this, but we should not be thinking so much shortening and lengthening, but we should be thinking of increasing impulsion. I mean, am I That's on the right it. track? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I will give an example. Years ago, I was in the US um, having a seminar, a clinic for, they say, FEI trainer coaches mm-hmm. in the US. And USDF, United States Dressage Federation, was the organizer. They had invited me. And I, I had a similar questions to give answers. What about the trot and how we can develop connection and so on? And I tried it with my <laughs> German English to explain. And then uh, someone said, Christoph, explain it in another way. And this is what I've always in mind when I'm judging and when I'm training, coaching a uh, rider or give an interview like uh, I'm doing it now. Um, the guy said, and he was he was one of the top, top uh, guys uh, in the US as a trainer and as a coach. He said, Christoph, explain that in the coll- uh, in the collection, and he said it, collection in Kenta and collection in Trot, but mainly in Trot, the rider has to have the feeling of extension. Also he has to have the feeling of riding extended Trot and I like this picture very much. And when I'm schooling, 
training, coaching, right? As I always try to give them the feeling that they maintain this idea, that they have this idea in their head to have the feeling of extension. Maybe medium would be enough, but to make it a little bit more clear, you need extension. Therefore, I'm a little bit not so happy with the wording shortened trot, because in the shortened trot, you forget the impulsion. And when you have the feeling of this top, top American trainer, then you have the feeling, okay, I have the feeling of maintaining the impulsion. And this is the secret of riding uh, a proper collection and trot and at the end of the day in Kenta as well, um, that you maintain the impulsion. This is for me very, very important. Under the picture, maintaining impulsion, comma, having the feeling of riding collection trot in the, into the direction of extension. This is for me the picture which I have, and um, if I can add the, uh, what you feel in the extension, in the extended trot. Uh, this guy said to me, USDF guy, said to me when I had this seminar in uh, Massachusetts uh, in the US, um, he said in the extension, and this is, I love this picture, he said in the extension, the rider has to have the feeling of collection. So this means that in extension, the rider is able to bring the hind legs under the center of gravity to have enough energy in the horse's body, in the horse's brain and mind and activity with the hind legs. And I think this is very, very important, uh, the activity from behind. And therefore, I like it very much that we have with the young horses only lengthening the steps because this is important uh, that the horses are active enough from behind and not just running and uh, very important is that the judges are mainly looking to the hind legs and not just to the front legs and um, the energy from behind the activity from behind the way the hind legs are coming under the center of gravity this is important when you are uh, schooling or judging horses look more to the hind legs then to the front leg. Therefore, the idea for the rider having the feeling, yes, I am riding a medium trot or later on extended trot, but I have the feeling, hey, I am riding collection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like the way you explain it because you explained it in words, but you can have the feeling at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel listen to it. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Christoph, this is as a judge. So if a judge is judging collected trot, 
so that the rider and the trainer have an understanding of what the judge is looking for in collected trot. You know, you've, you've talked about a few things, but if we say, right, why was that a five and this one a six or, you know, a seven or a four or whatever they're scored, how are they scored? What's a high mark? What's a low mark? What's something that commonly could be improved if only the rider and the trainer understood and got it right? Well, first of all, we have to realise that a judge is always looking from the scale of trainings mm-hmm. point of view. He's always looking how is the rhythm, how is the suppleness, how is the connection, how is the impulsion, is the horse, out of the question, is the horse straight, how is the straightness, and how is the connection. So these six things the rider has always in mind. So therefore, he is looking when he is watching the trot. First is, is he in rhythm? Comma, is the tempo okay? Fast or too slow? So when the rhythm is okay, then he makes a plus in his head. Then it's a horse supple. Or what we see sometimes, and I would say more than 10, 15, or more 15 years ago, when we had a lot of horses, or 20 years ago, a lot of horses in the international dressage world, which did an amazing trot, comma, but not coming from uh, suppleness, but coming from tension. And the riders have been able and perfect, more or less, to ride the horses in the trot with tension. They have been able to manage the tension, but not able to produce a trot coming from a good relaxation, from a good suppleness. So therefore, the judges are looking, is the rhythm okay? And is the horse supple? And is the horse coming from suppleness? Or is, is the rider able to develop the horse on the basic of suppleness? And then how's the contact and so on and so on. This is what we realize. Then the judge is looking, is the horse clear in rhythm and all the criteria I had said a second ago, a minute ago, is the horse able to produce this on the long side uh, in the corner, in the vault, uh, on the circle, and so on. Is he able? Is he balanced? Or is he unbalanced? And uh, is, is he fast and slow? Is he maintaining the whole time the same quality of the gate, the same quality of collection, the same quality of swinging, of impulsion, same quality of straightness? And this is very important. And the rider has a picture. and uh, Sorry, the, 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 the rider has a picture as well in his head, and especially the judge, uh, because this was a question. And I think it's very important to have the trot very similar the whole time, not two steps big, two steps small, two steps big, two steps small. That there is a similarity the whole time, step by step. And this is for me very important, therefore I like this question very much, that the riders will realize that to develop the gates, and the trot is the best gate to develop, that they use enough time to do this in the gymnastic process and the special exercises, half passes in trot, leg yielding in trot, shoulder in in trot, grand vert travers in trot, and so on, and at different lines, serpentines, and a small volt, a six-meter volt, and so on. All these things are important, but the quality of the gait, the quality of the pace, 
is most important. And uh, this is what judges want to see. They want to see a beautiful swinging trot, a positive trot, horse good in front of the rider at his or at her driving aids with a good swinging over the back with activity from behind and using the whole body and stretching the neck with an open throat latch, seeking the bit closed but active mouth. And, and if you see this, then you have, as a, looking from the judge's point of view, they have the feeling, wow, this is a happy horse. I love the body language of the horse. And the trot is in this part very, very important. And yeah, if the judge will see this, what I just had tried to describe, uh, the judge will give a high mark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, my next question, of course, was about what the judge is looking for in extended trot, but it seems like what they're looking for in collected trot and what they're looking for in extended trot is very similar. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to realise that um, the frequency is always the same. It's when you have extension in trot looking from the collections, uh, collected uh, from the point of view, Double point uh, 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 collection, uh, then you have only a longer moment of suspension with more activity from behind. And this is what I think this is important to realize it. It's not fast, it's not running, it's not having shorter steps. No, it is trying. If it's if it's good, you have you need a longer moment of suspension. This is extension with more energy, especially more energy from behind. This is how it, I call it extension in trot. And maintaining, and this is very important, maintaining very much the clear two-beat rhythm and producing, before you start, in a nice way, the short side, both corners, and then on the straight line, on the diagonal, mainly it's on the diagonal, uh, developing not from one meter to another, but developing the extension with a longer moment of suspension in a smooth way, starting and finishing in a similar smooth way as well. All right. Now, something that you said just a moment ago, you talked about an active mouth. Can we just maybe go into a little bit more depth there and say, right, relaxed jaw. Tell us a little bit more about the active mouth that we're looking for within the trot. Yeah, I think this is, um, the, the mouth is very much in all three gates and during the whole test and training situation and so on and so on. It's very much the mirror um, of the horse. It, it's a little bit, um, when you look to the mouth, you see, do we have a happy horse or do, do we have an unhappy horse? And I know that a mouse is um, a little in a special way the result of genetic but very much the result of a yeah, good way of riding or bad way of riding and the more you ride your horse in a soft way it means to have the horse in front of your driving aids with soft hands just listening into the horse's mouth as Chris Bartle, my friend, the uh, national coach of the British eventing team, he is a brilliant uh, riding instructor, trainer and coach, and 
I'm helping the British eventing team a lot since he is training there since a couple of years. And when we are when when I'm helping looking from the judges' point of view, we are discussing always um uh, yeah, how to ride and how to explain things. And he always says, Christoph, explain the riders, they have to put their hands into bed. Put the hand under the feeling is when you are sitting in the saddle, put your hands into bed. And the second sentence is the inside hand is only decoration. When you have these two sentences in mind, then you know how you are using your reins with your hands, with your fingers. I always say use your fingers like a piano player in the opera of Sydney, piano player. Very soft. And this is what you do. And then a little bit the wrist, nothing else. This is what you do. And this is the connection between your body as a rider to the horse's mouth. And a very soft, steady contact uh, with the rein from your hands to the bit. And the bit has to be quiet in the mouth and the tongue has to be uh, under the bit or bits uh, when you are riding with the double riders. And this is very important. The less you are doing with the hands because the mouse is at the end of the day as good as the rider is using his or her hands. And the less he is doing or she is using their hands, the better the horse's mouse is. And we want a mouse which is active but not open, that the horse is a mouse is closed, but active. And um, yeah, I, I want just to say in a good concentration, so that uh, that um, yeah, and 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 with a steady with a steady contact uh, to the to the bit, also a steady contact to the rider's hand, that there is a clear connection between the 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 the, um, the bit via uh, rain to the rider's hands. And when you have this feeling, therefore mouse is more than just the part of the body, a uh, horse's body, it is the whole connection contact between the rider's hands and the mouse. Though therefore the judge has to see everything and has to give the marks, how is the rider turning? How is the rider using half horse? How is riding at transitions? And this steadiness in the mouse, the quiet mouse, the active and quiet mouse at the same time is necessary during the whole test. And in the transitions, in the extension, in the collection, in special exercises on the special level. And this is for me, at the end of the day, a very important part of the whole, I would say, body language of the horse as a tail, as um, other parts as well. But I look very careful to the mouse. And if I see that it's quiet, then I know that the rider is doing a good job with a lot of sensitivity in his hands, with a well-balanced body out of position, with a good way having the horse in front of his or her driving aids, because this is necessary as well then at the end of the day, he gets the result. And the, the good mouse is the result of correct riding. It's not just giving a piece of sugar. 
And then I think as a writer, I have a happy mouse. Now, it is a result of good writing in the way I just tried to explain it. That's a wonderful explanation. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, sort of bring us back to just the trot about a horse. And I think you talked about it earlier, you know, that a horse can have a wonderful canter and a walk, but a very ordinary trot. But you did say that you've seen this a few times, you know, three or four-year-olds might have a ground-covering walk and canter, but not a good trot. And then you see it a few years later with the right rider and the horse's trot has been developed. Is that right or can you expand on yes. that a bit? Yeah. It's good in this question you had asked, you had said several times, rider, rider, rider. And I think the rider is very important. Although many people think, oh, um, my horse is not good in trot. Um, and then the first question is, are you good enough to trot your horse? This is the question because when I was given the answer to the question of the mouse, I said the wording balance. And it's very important that the rider has a balance in the supple. When the rider has no balance in the saddle and is tense in the saddle and needs the reins to find his balance in the saddle, then the rider never, ever will get a good trot. Therefore, when you when you start to develop the trot, first of all, you have to do it with a well-balanced rider. The rider has to do a lot and has to train his position, the saddle, and how he's giving the aids very, very much. That's the step one. Step two is, I would say, to develop the trot, it's important not to do too much in sitting trot. Use rising trot so that you are easy for the horse. In the German language, we say the word leicht traben. This is rising trot, and the word leicht means easy. Therefore, the, the idea is an easy trot for the horse and for the rider. It is easier to sit. So therefore, my second advice is use rising trot. And I often say we should use more rising than sitting trot is the second thing. And the third thing is you said, okay, the, this horse, and this is often the situation that we have, have a horse with a good walk and a good canter, but with a limited trot. And especially when we have, have thoroughbred influence uh, in the bloodline of uh, the horses we are training. And then I would say, when you um, watch the horse, um, you, would, uh, you have to say, is my horse more a canter horse or more a trot horse? And when you have a horse which is more a canter horse, with a better canter than a trot, then it's good to start from canter and come and use a canter as a basic pace, basic gait. And then use the canter in the way to ask for small strides and big strides and ride a lot of transitions and then in canter. And then there's a step one and step two is ride a lot of transitions between canter and trot. And the rider has to have the feeling, I use uh, the impulsion in canter in the trot. I try to come with big strides with good activity, not fast, but with good activity, a long moment of suspension into the trot. And then I try to develop the trot into this direction as I'm riding the canter. With big canter, also big canter strides, I use to develop the canter and the transitions at the end of the day between canter and trot. 
are very important to develop the trot. And then it's very important that uh, the rider who is practicing this has to do it on a curved line and has to come from canter into trot uh, with the feeling to start the trot, not finishing the canter. No, using the driving aid, starting the trot. And the more he is doing this, coming from a good canter stride, with the feeling I start the trot on a curved line, on a circle line. This is, from my point of view, in the beginning, the best way to develop the trot. Christoph, you've probably answered this, and I know earlier on you said that riders do complain about the trot, and the question is, is the rider good enough to ride the trot? But horses that aren't very comfortable to sit to the trot, is that something that's a rider problem, a horse problem, a training problem, or what can we do about this besides go rising trot? Because some tests want you to go sitting trot. Do we just stay in the earlier tests until we're ready to sit to the trot, or... And that's from the rider's point of view, you know, coming in, or is it, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you can expand on that. First of all, it's from everything a little bit. We have horses which don't have a brilliant elasticity. They're always a little bit difficult to sit. And from my point of view, the biggest challenge sitting in a good and proper way is to ride extended trot. The easiest way to sit and to give a good impression and settle is to ride a piaf. If a horse is able to do a good piaf, this is sometimes talent of the horse and good plus good training and everything is done in a proper way. You can produce videos, video sessions. You can have a video session or make brilliant pictures from a rider, uh, which is really good a rider who is not a brilliant rider, looking from the uh, sittings, his uh, position's point of view. But the most challenging situation in to sit properly is the extended trot. To sit in the extended trot needs balance, 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 suppleness, 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 and a good potential for swinging in the pelvis. If you don't have the possibility of swinging with your body into the horse's movement, you never, ever will be able to ride a good extended trot. And then the horse comes out of balance. Then the horse will start to run. Then the horse will uh, have a um, tense body, and the horse is unhappy. Therefore, in sitting trot, Riding extension is extremely, really, and I underline it, extremely difficult. And when I was years ago, I was very often in Australia, last time 2016, uh, but I know exactly when I was maybe 2015 or 14, when I was in Australia, the Australian Federation had asked me, um, what do you think when we have rising trot in tests for adults, maybe over 40 or something like this. And I said, that's a brilliant idea. Because I think when, when a rider is, is not very, has not a good elasticity in the pelvis and is a little bit stiff in his body, it is not good to do sitting trot. 
it's better to do rising trot. And why not rising trot in the test? When I came back to Germany, I said, why don't we have tests in rising trot? And they said, no, 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 we, they have to sit and blah, blah. At the end of the day, and we have good arguments to ask for sitting trot. But at the end of the day, for me, and this I, it's my personal opinion, and I look always from the welfare's point of the horse. How can we make horses happy? And for me, the highest goal is in the training and in the competition to have happy horses, happy athlete, happy horse, because at the end of the day, the happy horse is a healthy horse. And therefore, uh, if a rider is unable to do a proper sitting trot, from my point of view, it's better to give him the opportunity to do it in rising trot, looking from the horse's point of view, because it's much more fair for the horse to make the horse happy when the rider is riding uh, special exercises, maybe medium and extension in rising trot. That's a great question to finish on, I think. And, you know, happy horses, horse welfare, highest priority. Yeah, and it's, it's a big question. Why not rising trot? Christoph, you're on air, on air dressage. How's that going? Pardon? I didn't understand the oh, question. The, what is the on-air dressage? I know that you know we've talked about on-air dressage, and and I just want our listeners to make sure you know that maybe they'll think, oh, well, you come to Australia, but not very often, or you know, you're all the way over there in Germany, and sometimes you go to the states. And how can I organise something with you? But with the on-air dressage, they can contact you about video lessons. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah, this is other on my homepage. I think I have the homepage in the German language and in English. And there are all information. And at the end of the day, uh, you have to send to this um, link on air dressage a video, about uh, five, six, seven uh, minutes, a test or a little bit of training situation. You send it to me and I give a comment looking from the coaches, trainers, and judge's point of view. And then um, this guy who who is responsible for it will do it with some technical, um, specific, in a special way, so that the, the, the rider at the end of the day will get the comments exactly to the movements, to the gates he is riding. And yeah, I do it and it's fun. And um, yeah. Uh, I do it in German, the German language, and I do it in English. And I give online lessons as well. Still, um, yeah, I would say all over the world, from Australia till <laughs> um, whole Europe, yes, and uh, US and Canada, Canada as well. Yeah, till till other, I would say from Brisbane till Vancouver. <laughs> You've got the website, but I think if anyone goes on to Google, because I did it just beforehand, because I know I've done it before on-air dressage, and that was all one word, and then Christoph Hess. And if you get that, you'll go straight in top and um, you'll go straight on to Christoph's webpage and uh, you'll be able to go to that link. We'll also have the link on our website, which is horsechats.com, and you've just got to search for Christoph or search for Hess and you'll find that on the bottom of the page anyway. Christoph, again, thank you for your time, for your energy, for your in-depth explanations. You know, we start talking about one thing, but you give so much information. I mean, even I said, now what's, you know, just going a bit more on about that active mouth. And, of course, you go in and you're just so generous with your time. 
I just want to say thank you for that and uh, we really appreciate it. I'm sure all the other listeners will appreciate it as well. Yeah, Glennis, thank you as well. It was nice having the talk and you always have a good idea to ask the right <laughs> questions. Thank you for this. Yeah. And the other thing is too, for the listeners, if you've got questions that you'd like to ask Christoph, just contact me, send us an email, call me, Facebook, whatever, and um, we'll be able to take those messages on. Christoph sort of certainly got a very wide vocabulary, you know, in the um, sport of dressage and training horses and coming in from, you know, rider, trainer, judge, and we can look at all those things. So thank you again, Christoph. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 